welcome to episode 48 of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. I'm Anne Blake, and I am the artist who is talking to the economist Stephen Kinsella. How are you getting on, Stephen? Good, Anne. I'm good. It's, um, uh, it's the week after, well, this is the week that we put in all the grades. Oh. So judgment has been passed. The red pen of truth and justice rests on. once more uh, in, in, in its, I was going to say in its sheath, but it's not actually a sword. It's, it's a pen, so it's sitting in a box. Down there. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's not overdo the metaphor. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 also, the red pen barely got used at all because everything was digital this year. So. Of course. And yeah. of course, at time of recording, this is the end of May, but it is the first Friday of June. So chances are the truth is now known as well. By uh, said no. Students nope. probably won't get that. Their, 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 the judge, judgment will, will not be passed on them that for a week or two after that, I think. Okay. Yeah, well, it's yeah. funny because my my wife Jenny went back uh, to do uh, to finish a master's, so she's one of one of not your students in this case, but one of the collective who will mm-hmm. be watching the screen with um, is bated breath appropriate for that. I don't know. Maybe I think I think one baits one's breath. One does bait one's breath. Because okay, it's, it, and it's normally a weird time, like eleven o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, like it's never kind of ceremoniously. You have to get up at six o'clock in the morning or whatever. You know, I don't. I don't. Did you? Did you? When you got your leaving cert results, did, did that? Did you do that? Uh, yeah. I actually was away. I was in. I was in America the summer on my leaving cert results. Right. So my my um. I think my mom and dad had to go get them for, they had to go to the, physically to the school to collect a little envelope with, with the, uh, with the results in them and rang me uh, to tell me the news. So um, there you go. Different times. <laughs> so, um, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I got up, uh, I got up early because I couldn't really sleep. Mm. And then I went to the, um, that I went to the post office, actually. The post office, okay. The post office. I, uh, where did we go? We didn't go to our local post office because that didn't open. So we actually went to the post office sorting depot. So my dad was a taxi driver. He worked at night. He knew all these guys mm-hmm. from, from they're, they're all around Dublin and anywhere in the world. When you work at night, there are certain places where people who work at night congregate. There are yes. all night restaurants and there are, you know, in, in Dublin, there are, there are early, there were early houses and this kind of stuff. Um, and so he just knew these kind of postmen. So we went down to the, literally the sorting office and the postman took out the letter that was going to the house and was like, there you go. Oh my God. Wow. You got to advance. stood there <laughs> gawking at me. <laughs> to see your results. See my results. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's a bit awkward. Extremely awkward, actually. As it turned out, it was extremely awkward. So, yeah. Oh, was it extra awkward? I mean, like it's Beyond. many years. Beyond. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things where uh, there was lots and lots and lots of expectation. And the the um, 
execution did not meet the expectation. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, no, you know what? It's it's actually worked out really well. Well, I'm looking at you. I, I think I think it has worked. <laughs> I think you're just no, fine. No. <laughs> no, 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 not for that reason. Not for that reason. Um, uh, I read a brilliant quote recently, mm. and uh, uh, the, the quote is: "Experience happens when you don't get what you want." Oh, interesting. Uh, I reflected on this. I'm very experienced <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and most of us are. After a mm. certain age, you you have failed at a lot of things, you know? Yes. And um, what what I what I've what I've been it's been really, really, really helpful because I've had students and they've been sitting in m- meetings with me going, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know why I'm here, I don't like myself, I'm not happy you know, this is not something I ever wanted to do. And I can kind of go, look, I relate. And I can see them going, yeah, fucking right. You relate, buddy. Look at this, you know. Two PhDs. Yeah, yeah, right. And I can actually tell them a story. Listen, you know, it's um, uh, it's not a linear path between where you are, particularly in the moment of disappointment, and where you might end up uh and the the thing to do very often is to reframe it all as a kind of a learning experience and anyone who listens to that when they're really emotional and pissed off just goes fuck you Mm. that's some american ted talk nonsense and i think the the, what you want to do with that is you want to and this is what i tell everyone i said you want to actually commit to the gloom right Mm. you know what has happened is you have an imagined future that you have constructed for yourself this happens when you go for a job it happens when you go for a course it happens when you go for a play it happens when you go for anything you put yourself into a situation where you're like i would like to do x Mm. um, in order to do that to actually action it to put in the application for the job or, or 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 to you know go for the role or to put the preference down in ceo for what you have to do is you have to envision yourself in the role mm. maybe you want to be a, a software engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or an actor or something but you have to go i would like to do that and in order to actually say that you have to envision what it is you might be yeah in doing that you immediately construct a path of life that might be oh if i had this job i would do x Mm. i would have this impact on the world and i would uh, buy that car and i would you know finally be able to propose and all this kind of like you you create these if then statements these causal chains that you know exist entirely in your head the best example i can give you is like you know the way i'm sure you've done this in the pub like you go if you won the lotto what would you do Mm. you know what i mean everyone has like oh i pay off everyone's mortgages and like, like there'd be a whole thing that you would do you know yeah um, yeah yeah uh, i would buy the bank and double everyone's mortgages like you know i mean it depends on how evil you want to well, be that's that sounds like a very economist in the pub having a chat that is fair that is fair uh that is fair uh sometimes happens but I that causal like a lot of yeah. people i'd buy i'd build a big riverbank theater or art you know yeah. that's how artists talk you know yeah, so yeah. but yes cats double- with cats with rainbows coming out of their butts would fly across it would be of fantastic co- oh, yes. of course yeah that's yeah. and that's that's actually the accent i speak in in the pub <laughs> <laughs> sort of, sort of stewy from the family guy 
path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. it's it, it is it is it's yeah. it's true because um well there is that great great quote from some from okay I do normally speak um Samuel Beckett he fail English that's impossible <laughs> but, but, but yes t- tell, t- tell the quote oh god and now as I say it it goes out of my head um sure, sorry. oh no ever tried ever oh my god I had ever trial one. ever tried ever failed fail again fail better okay better uh, yeah, it's, and it's and from uh, Samuel um, Beckett. Yes, and it's actually when I was making podcasts with young people before, I had it up on the wall, um, written up. Obviously, I remember it really well. But th- funnily enough, I my leaving search was not a, a joyous. I this is more. I feel like this is more of the August episode where we're talking about leaving search results. But it was not a happy um, result either, um, because it was a slightly different. My results I was happy with because. I had um, auditioned for drama in Trinity and I'd gotten the place and then I had to get a certain amount of points. And so I worked and I got based on the previous year. And then I cleared those points by like about 25, I think. Cool. And I don't know what the point system is now. It's probably different. But I have a theory that the year you and I were born, Stephen, a lot of people were born. I mean, the Pope. A came lot. To, uh, the Pope came to Ireland. There was a big population bulge. Riding. Lots of riding. riding. Lots of riding in nineteen seventy-eight. So there were just a load, load more humans uh, doing their leaving cert. I know. And it's, so, it's so creepy when you think about it. Like the, I, like the creepiness of the whole thing. You know, yeah. a man in a dress has appeared in a bulletproof car. Come up to me. I mean. Get, Get the writing. Get the writing. <laughs> but, anyway, go on. <laughs> anyway, there was lots. Skip forward to 1997, and there was a lot more people doing their leaving search, despite yes. my theory. And so I had cleared exactly my true. course by 25 points. I uh, My sister was living in Dublin. I had a place to stay with her, everything. And then my course jumped 45. Oh, yes. no. And... And oh, suddenly, no, no. like you, I had an imagined life that just evaporated. And that didn't obviously happen the day of the results. That happened the day of the offers. So that was, what, a week later. And I was okay. still off in America. Uh, and um, and I had to call home, like, yay, tell me about my college place. And they're like, oh, actually. Uh. Awkward. So, I, so <laughs> yeah. I, I lived at home. I went to Mary Eye, which was nearer my house than you know, any shop, you know, <laughs> so our house physically backs onto it. I, but, um, so that was a very different imagined, uh, future for me. Yeah. Um, we'd probably have known each other, would we? Did you go to Trinity? I did. I went to Trinity. We um, might've met a lot sooner, but, um, and I actually did used to hang out with, the, with the, with the drama <laughs> in, 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 in Trinity. Um, dramatic types. One, uh, one, one of my, <laughs> Um, there's a certain accent that comes with um, Trinity people, in particular. The Trinity and, um, Plum is it? The Trinity No, it's plum? it's 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 a it's a coined it's coined. They, they sort of it, the the eyes become melded with the O's in this really interesting way. Like 
you know the way like to do a Dublin accent, right? All you need to do is just go up a register and into your nose. So you just go nasal whine, nasal whine. You know, you just do that and just go up a little bit. Well, mm. the exact opposite is what happens. So they go nasal whine. You know, it goes down a little bit, you know. And it's, what, and it's really interesting. The same thing happens ha- happens in Limerick, but it, but you don't go nasal whine. You go nasal, you know, you go, you just go up and to the, to the left a bit and then <laughs> Then you go, eh, and that's fine. Um, but what's fascinating about that? Stephen does accents. Fuck it. Is, this anyway, mean, is it what are, is the title of this podcast? <laughs> Stephen's yeah. accent hacks. <laughs> Stephen insults all. Um, but I, I remember being in this in this this bar, and a friend of mine, a drama person who's now really big, big, big name, actually. Set so up. You're not you're not helping me now with my no. I still failed okay because if no. I done that course. <laughs> I turn around, I said, um, you know, Stephen, listen, I mean, I just want to tell you, right, I'm I'm really into and he I thought I thought he was gonna tell me like he was gay or something. You know, he was like with the way he was like confessionally confiding something like hand over the shoulder, you know. I thought, okay, right, get ready for this. I was drinking a beer at the time and he went, I'm really into abstract electronica and i was so shocked at the blandness abstract electronica the blandness of his revelation (laughs) and i was like i don't even know what that is (laughs) what are you talking about and a lovely lovely man i've said we've spoken about it since actually so he's listened to the podcast you know exactly who he is (laughs) but uh the revelation like what i think it, it just shows something is a revelation for everyone you know and uh i'm strong electronic and stuff yeah and um i i yeah i i don't think google was much of a thing so, so this is another important point like i i did i did um like i think i had a my first ever mobile phone i think it was like third year of college like i didn't i def, I, def, I don't remember it being that big of a deal um and so it was like uh okay i don't care you know that's does it make you happy? Whatever. Um, well, I would dread um, to think of anyone being on a podcast saying, I remember when Anne Blake was 18 and in a pub, she said this to me on the amount of shit I was talking. Yeah. So sorry, Stephen's friend. Um, yeah, you know. I can't imagine I was much better, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really into concrete electronica. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it is that it's a kind of a, this fear uh, no joy like you know there is this idea i saw someone recently talking about um um being called the geriatric millennial what uh so millennial is geriatric a millennial yeah so someone i suppose born at the beginning of the millennial measurement which I, is, I know we just call them people in their 40s like well, they're not quite there yet. Oh, they see. are. They are. So millennial starts in 1982. 82. 82. Yeah. So you're 39 years old and some fuckers calling you well, geriatric. If, if you're pregnant and 39, <laughs> you're, you're called a, th- a geriatric per- pregnancy. That, 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 so. is, that is true, but there's that a probabilistic. <gasps> I know. I know. Um, I know. Reason behind that. But, but, but. but Anyway, this person was talking about being a geriatric millennial. Now you and I are geriatric are... millennial. I'm sorry, but they don't have like they've got no their wage stagnation for thirty years. They can't get a house. They're... I know There's so much stuff going on. They just had to live through a financial crisis in their early in their teens, and now a pandemic in their thirties. It's it's an know, insult man. insult to injury. And now they're geriatrics. 
geriatrics and they're younger than us. And the thing is, we're we're Generation X. Oh, shit. So if they're geriatrics, what are we? Well, we're just ger- Generation X. <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> but oh. here's the thing. There is this idea that there is a micro generation from like 1976 to 1983. So and it's a, a micro generation, a Xennial X-I-E. And then an So a millennial with beginning with an X, or it's not actually it's Xennial. I'm, I'm look, forget about the okay. spelling. It's and the idea is these are people who grew up. I have a point, I promise, and it's related to what we were just talking about. Okay. People who grew up with an analog childhood and okay. it's digital adulthood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So people for whom being sort of, I don't know, having their brains basted in Google or by Google or by searches and gigabytes of information is not a thing that they associate with their childhood. In other words, in other words, their, br- their, their brain chemistry hasn't been altered by it. Hasn't. Yeah. And also, later. yeah. So obviously we're kind of in the, in the middle of that. So it's 76 to 83. So oh, right. I, I had left, so I left school um, before I had an email address, you know, uh, I got my first email address was first year of college. Yeah, me too. And Same. And then I, like you, I got my first mobile phone when I went on Erasmus, which was third year. Yes. So very similar, the two of us. Um, yep. Where were you? Were you into abstract electronica? <laughs> no? Absolutely not. I, I, I was in Limerick, you know, yeah. li- listening, listening to whatever was was uh, actually what was the music? I mean, I, I've always known that Limerick. I mean, my colleague in Devereux tells me, you know. Um, like Limerick's punk scene was amazing. The dance scene was off the charts. Uh, you know, you could, you could, in the same way, the rap scene is amazing at the moment. Like you could, mm. you could really get a vibe. And, um, you know, in between the sort of like sort of bags of drugs being flown around, apparently everybody was mad for the curry in some, there was like a chicken curry or something I'll that ex- everybody I'll really ex- liked. Is that, ex- is that a thing? No, that's kind of a bit of a... That's an urban myth, is it? No, it's not an urban myth. It's just a bit of a conflating of a lot of things into one oh, cool sentence, which is really not representative. So it depends. So I was much more into... Um, abstract me, like, like, <laughs> I was in it. I was in a couple of bands. I listened to bands. I was into uh, musician divine comedy. I blur and whatever. I'm trying to even think... You know, I was also looking back a lot. I liked a lot of stuff from from the past, you know, or I like yeah. Stone Roses and, you know, all that kind of that kind yeah. of stuff. I was never really into the dance scene and the 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 DJ scene until, you know, I was, wasn't part of that kind of cool gang, you know. And then there was a law passed in Limerick where um, basically licenses were revoked unless you served food oh so pretty much you'd be in costellos or termites or uh, actually i was in galway at a club there's a place called thermite T- termites t-e-r-m-i-g-h-t yeah which is which is actually weirder than naming a pub after an explosive termites <laughs> termites is a it's actually a club night that moved location oh okay okay and it was just that was amazing it made up all our our youths it played a lot of um kind of um oh god why can't i can't remember anything with joy division um you know what we should do we should do a podcast episode based entirely on our favorite uh uh divine comedy lyrics 
Okay, I, I'm up for that. <laughs> because I have many, many, yes. many, many. I, Hang on, I, before I, you go, I am going to come back to that, but oh, I'm going to sorry, make yes, my point you, about the curry. You. So basically, <laughs> they put this law in, some judge passed a law that you have to be okay. a restaurant. So at one in the morning, when you're rotten, like from drinking and... Yeah. And this is pre-smoking bans. So the place is full of smoke, Ugh. full of sweat, spilt drink. The ugly lights would come on and you curry was handed out. And it was grey, uh, this grey chicken curry. Okay. And you just, you were like, you were given this little raffle ticket and you, you had to take it. And it was basically the law was we are feeding people, therefore we are a club. We can get our license. And we, everyone was just like, this is not, what buzz is this? Why are we having weird, horrible dinner at one? Like you have your chips and things afterwards. Do you know what I mean? You don't have it. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have Mid. it in, in <laughs> disgusting, like... messy, dirty club, you know. And this went on for a few months. It felt like quite a long time. And I think it was very specific to Limerick. And I think Galway too, because I have a memory of it, of being in a club in Salt Hill in Galway called, uh, oh God, I can't even remember. But anyway. Uh, it it was it was a thing for a number of months, and it months. was like, please okay. can this stop? Because we just want to go out and, and drink and dance. We don't yeah. want to be served grey curry. And then the lights would go off again, and, and then there'd be this curry everywhere, and it's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> now, if someone wants to look back, and maybe someone can romanticize it was this cool time where you know yeah. all this cool music was happening and there was curry. It's like maybe. Oh, that was not my experience, but yeah. um, I, I avoiding I, I cigarette just, burns and things like that. I just can't imagine. I, I, I was working in pubs, pubs at the time. And I, first off, I can't imagine the, the shoving the food into people thing. That's just yes. bizarre. You, you try to imagine like, you know, lads trying to chat up girls. With and mouths then, like, full of curry. Mid, mid this, you'd shove a curry. You're like, it's just. Or the lights just, come on yeah. as you're you're saying you're lying yeah, so then you realize you realize your prince turns into a frog like you're like oh no everybody does like yeah. guy <gasps> and girl just you know sweat and the, everything's the just veil is sort of, you, know, <laughs> you realize that your your sweetheart is vaguely melted and you're like oh no, this is not this is this is a poor choice but yeah so this the operation this thankfully was pre-social media pre-digital cameras well you there was a thing my friends we used to do is we used to bring um disposable cameras on oh yeah that was always a thing and you'd always have these photos of just these like really badly taken yeah of course flash picking up about three people's bits of faces and then like a nightclub light behind you and Uh, you could see anything but we thought they were amazing you know and uh yeah it was just so this idea i suppose that yourself myself and people who were born around 1983 84 are zennials who yeah so it's a mixture of x and millennial and then and then obviously millennial goes up as far as i think 94 i think maybe and then you're into gen z which is the latest generation so my young fella is gen z he is yes yeah they're they we haven't come to the end of gen z yet i don't think like so I who comes know. after gen z gen alpha good question i don't know i began looking at this recently actually the generations because everyone's always like boomers boomers blah blah, blah. you know we're the baby boomers who come before us generation x so we gen x kicks in around 65 i think 
But my parents, so Jen Boomers is 45, I think. So your dad is a boomer. No, sorry, it's 46. So my dad isn't. And my my dad was 40. Oh, it's 45. My dad was born in 1941. He'll be 80 next month or this okay. month, June. And my mom was 39 in 1939. So they are actually called the silent generation. Yes. Yes. And I just think, you know, it's kind of. What, what? The greatest generation. The, the gre- silent generation. Yeah, the, the greatest gen- generation. <laughs> who are the last generation? And they're, they're the people who, 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 who are. No one knows about it. <laughs> no, no. They're, they're the people who, who survived the First World War. And um, Yeah. Or Hemingway's generation or the last generation. So, uh, yeah. Are, so maybe, am I wrong? Maybe my parents are the, are the last generation. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the exact uh, chronology, but. I love the. So, somebody will, somebody will. Uh, tweet us. us. On Twitter or well, whatever. It, but yeah. It, the, I love the greatest generation. I mean, the absolute neck to call yourself the greatest generation like (laughs) yeah still to come (laughs) yeah 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 meanwhile i i I mean and then all of a sudden you get lexicographical and you're like your generation i don't know x x sounds good and generation x get me wrong i could be wrong about this this comes from a highly forgettable douglas copeland novel i've read it yeah i think so it's meh I read I mean, it when I was twenty. Like, yeah, it's 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 yeah. Although I, I, another good podcast to do is, mm. um, uh, in addition to the amazing, amazing uh, Neil, what's his second name? Hannon, lead singer of Neil Hannon, um, lyrics. He's a genius. Like he is a capital G genius. Mm-hmm. Is um, to talk about books that you have reread. I'm oh. currently like going through a whole phase of rereading books. Um, I just finished this book here uh, called The Power Broker. And um, it's off the chain. Okay. Not sponsored by Robert E. Caro. Robert E. Caro, he, he doesn't give him money. Give him a shout. He, he, he might. <laughs> Shout out to Robert E. Caro. Um, easily the great, one of the greatest books I've ever read, ever. It's 1,200 pages. It, I read a chapter a day and I was incredibly down when I finished the book because it is superb. Most page, most books do not need to be more than 200 pages long. I've read a lot of them. I can tell you that with, 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 with clarity. His is the exception. It is superb. He won the Pulitzer Prize. He's won the Pulitzer Prize twice. Um, he has won every award there is, there is to win in, 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 in writing. Um, it was a one, I think he's been he's won the National Merit Award twice, National Book Award twice, and he's just mm. this guy's off the charts. He's in his eighties now, and uh, he's finishing off a giant biography of Lyndon Johnson, the Civil War, War president, or Civil Rights president, <laughs> Civil War. Um, anyway, yeah, books we reread. From okay, the books 20s. we read. So so it, even just as a teaser, like could you even yeah. say roughly what it's about if you were to give it a little like a little teaser. Um, it, it's a study even. about power. It's about right. how you get power, what mm-hmm. you do to keep it, what you do when you have it, and how you lose it. It's oh. the story of a single guy, a dude called Robert Moses, and it's a story of his life. And Moses, the only Robert Moses was a builder, and he he built highways and parks and beaches and. Um, all that and he held unelected power in new york city for 44 years he 
he outlasted mayors and presidents and, and everything else. And his power was total and absolute. Mm. At one point, he held 12 different positions. Moses was a genius wow. and, um, and, a, and a truly awful man. And he, uh, he, he, the only, the only comparator in terms of the scale of his works are the pharaohs of Egypt. That's how much stuff this dude built. He literally changed the course of rivers, changed the shape of New York, changed the face Whoa. of it. He resettled somewhere between 350 and half a million human beings, forcibly destroyed communities. He was addicted to roads. So where public transport solutions existed, just didn't do it. He created bureaucratic systems that people just couldn't see. He did a lot of good. He put a lot of parks in lots of places mm. um, and, and helped the poor, helped the poor. He destroyed the wealth of lots and lots of people. He was also a massive racist and he, so Harlem may, was made worse by the fact that he just hated black people. So he didn't right. put parks where they're like, it, it is all about the consequences of power, real power. Like not, you know, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a little TD in a, in a, in a, in a, in a little, in a little party. Oh, you know, not, no, no, no. This is, yeah. I have billions at my disposal and no one's going to tell me what to do. And this is how I'm going to roll. And this is how he kept power how he managed power, how he moved around people. And the how bit is what has made it uh, a bestseller for, I mean, everybody who is in politics, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not, and, and, you're, you, and you want to get into politics or you're interested in politics, read this book. You will read the book, you will read this book less as a cautionary tale and more as a manual because this okay. is how you do it. This is how it's actually done. No messing. And what okay. you have to be, like who you have to be to really, really do this. So I, I need to pause yeah. you there because because this was meant to be a teaser and and you're you're going all out. <laughs> you're going well, this all was out. the teaser. Sorry, this is the teaser. This thing is a hundred. This is twelve hundred pages long. <laughs> so this is a teaser for a twelve hundred page book. Is <laughs> this twelve hundred pages long? Jesus, man. I mean, I could I could literally go on about this for three hours. No bother. Like, <laughs> okay, I, yeah. so we we'll look at books yeah. we we've reread. Uh, yeah. I don't suppose Netflix shows we've rewatched is really an interesting podcast. Is well, I, I don't I don't know if you remember, but we in as part of our oeuvre, mm. we, we did um we did a whole thing on um um Ali McBeal. Ali McBeal. That was Amazon Prime though. Oh was? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh man. Did you um <laughs> did you uh did you watch the Eurovision Song Contest last last week? Oh my god, of course I did. I mean, I feel like that's a podcast on its own. Uh, that um, was, that was off the charts. Was that was the best television. So I'm going to give a little bit of context here yeah. as well, because I think, you know, we did go into this uh, podcast with the plan to talk about something that we're not going to talk about now and we'll keep it for another day. Uh, we've gone a bit generation-y, right? And yeah, you and I are the same out. age. <laughs> Seriously though, if we're if we if, if if people behind us are geriatrics, what the fuck are we? Well, to be honest, That's I'm bad. looking. I'm going to send you. I'm, I'm I'm looking up another list of 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 the definition, and it's different. Everyone has a different uh, definition of of generations, but we'll go with what 
what what we've agreed anyway. Uh, you and I were, I mean, we're kind of between Generation X and Millennial, basically. And some people say we're Millennial, some people say we're X. Uh, I'm going with Zenial. I like it. You know, okay. that, work, that works for me. Here's the big thing. Growing up, when we were young, we could actually be called the Eurovision generation in Ireland because it was such... Rock and roll kids. It was Why such... are you calling us the... <laughs> We're obviously the rock and roll kids. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why would you call us anything else? <laughs> That's too specific. It's too, it doesn't encompass all the magic. Like that was one of our last winners. All right. But anyway, here's the thing. Growing up, the Eurovision was such an event in our house. Like oh, yes. every year I would be allowed to stay up. When I was really little, I was allowed to stay up to watch it. You know, um, there are songs that didn't even get points that I still remember. Like, I still remember the lyrics to songs that randomly Italy sang uh, yeah. some song called Lisa Mona Lisa like it didn't get any points it didn't win but I still remember that mm -hmm. um, I remember Irish entries that got nowhere you can count on me I remember that one oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway it was such a big deal and like I I was too young for the first time Johnny Logan won um, but like I remember why, um, not why me, um, hold me now. Mm. Like, I, I think we nearly broke the telly. We were so excited. And then in the, into the 90s, into our teenage years, we just River kept dance. winning it. <laughs> it just became... And Riverdance. <laughs> and Riverdance. Like, Riverdance. it was so amazing. And then over the years, I've kind of, I dip in it. It's such fun. I really liked it. And there was this whole disillusionment with it. It's like, oh, it's block voting. And, and also now it's three shows because... When we were young, there was only Yugoslavia. Now, <laughs> that's how many, that's a whole bunch of countries, you know. At least 15, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know, yeah. so it's it's fairer now, but, and also we're no longer all that loved, so we don't win it anymore, but we still mm. hold the, we hold the record for seven wins. We're the country who's won it the most times. And uh, it has been forgotten. And it was my one gripe about the Will Ferrell movie about the Eurovision. I really enjoyed it, but like Johnny Logan, no Irish former winner featured in this. And I was like, lads, we used to rule this competition. Anyway, that's my context for last Saturday night, which was the Eurovision contest, which was my first time watching it properly in quite a while. Ah. And it was the glory of old, I felt. Like Ireland weren't even yeah. in it. But no. No, what was your, well, why did you find it so exciting? So I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this because people might imagine that I use this phrase more than I actually do because it's quite an overused phrase. But I mean this in the very specific way that you're about to hear these words. Eurovision is everything. And what I mean by that is Eurovision is geopolitics. It's diversity. It's language. It's fun, it's theater, it's sparkly, it's, uh, it's a social occasion. It's, 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 it's just everything. I think you can see so much. You can see block voting patterns. It was fantastic, actually. I'm showing the kids. I was like, Greece is going to vote for Cyprus now. Oh, yeah. And then they did, and the kids were like, oh, <laughs> what? And you're like, yes, yeah. And every year. And now what? Every year. Cyprus is now going to vote for Greece. Oh, <gasps> Dad, how did you know? And I was like, 
geopolitics you know and it's like yes and they loved it um oh, and yeah. to vote for spain yeah well actually no one voted for spain to be fair sorry um, i'm wrong but, there yeah spain voted for france yeah yeah it's made for france no one get, yeah it's a poor show um for by, by spain this year but what is fascinating is um i think the, the basic spirit of eurovision is is just wonderful i just i really do i'm 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 it is fundamentally optimistic and that's why i love it i love it like every year i love it um i uh my my wife is is has a cottage industry of like just her and her friends facebook commenting and honestly if the comments had a ph it would melt the computer like it's it's yeah 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 it's just off the it's off the chain the um the this year my daughter who's now 10 is really into makeup like in a really big way. So she was like, uh, I'm going to do my makeup for this um, thing. And I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Rock on. And then she said, Dad, can I do your, can I do your makeup? Oh, and I was amazing. like, of course. Of course you can. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So I watched it with green eyeshadow. Sparkly green eyeshadow. I looked the bomb. And it was, and it was, it's a family thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and it's just like, even if you hated it, it's just amazing telly. You know, they're voting. And uh, we, had, we had uh, one of my daughter's friends was with us. And her family don't really get this at all. And we were kind of explaining it. She's like, these songs aren't that good. This is boring. Why am I watching this? This insane lady from the Matrix wearing Orville is baiting stuff out. And you don't understand a word of it. And it's all very intense. And the vibe she's given off is just insane. And, and, a, ra- and a rave recorder. A rave recorder. And then just, just yeah. And then for some reason, like like lamps. And yeah. <laughs> and then for then they make her a saint at the end. And it's just, yeah, you just have to engage fully. You, yes. that's, that's, if you engage with it as kitsch mm. or, 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 in, or camp or anywhere, you have to engage with it straight up 100%. Mm. And it is the most rewarding television. And I just think the... I, I was on Twitter after the Italian vote and I was looking at it and I was like, these guys have won <laughs> because yeah. the entire thing was like, uh, I think the guy's name is Jen- Daniello. And they were like, everyone on Twitter was like, marry me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is time for you to give me your babies. Everybody. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's got to win. And, yeah. and uh, it was, it was great. It was, it was great. And they were, that song was great. Like I thought the song was brilliant. I, I, I had, a, I had a soft spot in my heart for, for Finland. You know, oh, yeah, I thought they were strong. Too. I was, I was, I thought the, um, uh, Eurovision is, 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 is everything. It's got populism mm-hmm. and the difference between the governed and those who govern. So you have the, the jury votes, which are like giving it to Switzerland. This sort of, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I to disagree. That was an incredible song. No, it was his rubbish. Vocal, it was terrible. His vocal was out no, of the no, no. Good singer. Good singer. Staging dreadful. He's stumbling drunkenly oh, no. around. I love, I love his hands are up around his neck. What's okay. the guy with that shirt? The collar was off the chin. No, no, no. I know. I agree. The costume wasn't good. I loved his movement. And it was a Bond song. It was so cinematic and gorgeous. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it was, it was, I, I didn't see it. I really, I was like, no. Uh, I, I went, I went, what uh, my, my sort of barometer was, what is the crowd reacting to in the oh, room? He like, got, he got big cheers. Yeah. But the, but the biggest cheers by far <laughs> off the chain were for Finland and for, for Italy, you know, I loved France yeah. as well. I thought France was Oh, but she was, what I loved about her was Finland had, you know, flames and the lads and the guitars and blah. Mm. And so did Italy. Um, mm. 
uh, along with a lead singer who was just off the charts. And then, and then um, even, even the Swiss guy, who, who frankly I could put in a bin, um, he, no. he, his, his, his sort of weird Stonehenge thing, I just didn't like it. Um, his, his stuff was overly staged as well, smoke. All yeah. she had was her and a light behind her and a Back microphone. And yeah, she very, just very had charisma bitten off her. It was very, fantastic. It was very Edith yeah. Piaf. Even the lighting was very Edith Piaf. Oh, the, her hair, like the, the whole thing, the black. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pure Edith Piaf. And kind but, of um, that, um, like, that Jack Brell kind of thing where it sped yeah, up yeah. at the end. Voila, voila. And then everyone's like, come off, spaghetti, come on. I loved hearing French songs again because that to me was always French. Like the Eurovision was always like, Ireland, 10 points. Irlande, 10 points. Like that was always the fun of it. But yes, sorry, you were getting to your your... Um, you were. I interrupted you. What was I talking about? Uh, well, <laughs> Italy. I have to say, uh, I found it interesting. I had a big, I had a number of theories because catchy wise and sing along wise, I didn't really rate the Italian song. I couldn't remember it. I'd heard it three times. And I still couldn't remember it. Whereas I could sing the Finland song for you now. You know. Yeah. You know, whereas Italy is, I had to kind of really work at it. Touch of Rage Against the Machine in there. Oh my God, it was Rage Against the Machine. But a couple of things as well. I think they tapped into probably the world being a bit, you know what? We're all a bit angry. We're just all a bit yeah. angry right yeah. now. And this is what I connect to. And then Jenny had this kind of theory, which I don't know if it's true. Maybe this is some kind of just saying, Italy really had a horrendous time with the pandemic last year. Like they lost so many people. And maybe there was an underlying, like kind of little bit of love going on there too. Maybe not. I don't know. But I think everyone just wanted to ride your man. I think that just the sheer <laughs> second of them just, just, just like, like that, that blew it off the charts. I also think where they came, their staging, yes. um, you know, at the very start, like nobody can remember the big ones at the start. You know, yes. you're constantly reminded, but really people make up their minds at the end. Yes. And I think the fact that you had two of the strongest songs, Italy and France, very close together mm. at the end was the, was a, the voting was, was just, very interesting. As was a, so exciting as, as well, though. You know? But the, what I loved was the jury votes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm just looking at Twitter going, there's no way the Swiss guy is winning. Like, I mean, he's a good singer or whatever. It's a nice song. But it's, like, the people will not speak. And if the people couldn't speak, if the professional jury, the selectorate, as it were, were able to actually influence it, then Switzerland would have won and that's fine. But if you look at how the popular vote went relative to mm. the selectorate vote, uh, it's totally different. Do you know, for example, the number one country voted by the selectorate mm-hmm. in Ireland was Switzerland. Do you know the number one country voted by the people in Ireland? Lithuania. Lithuania. <laughs> What's that about? It was such What's a good, that about? Such a good song. Such a good song. They <laughs> smashed it. They absolutely <laughs> smashed it. And it was very early on in the running order, you know? Mm. Um, there have been a couple of scientific papers actually that have, that have showed like there is a very strong correlation between where your ordering is. So this is what academics actually want to do, you know, correlate I, rugby scores. How good is Brian O'Driscoll? Well, you know I, mean? I have to say, yeah. I have a friend who is a Eurovision nut and he will go, oh God, 
look at the position of Ireland, we're, we won't, we're, we're screwed. We're not yeah. going to get it because we're on second. We're, we need to hope. And he, he has that mathematical head as well. It's funny, like he, it's, you know, when he talks about the Eurovision, it's like, oh, this is just how people talk about sport. Like everyone's passion yeah. is just intense knowledge about minutiae of the subject. And we all have it about something. Yeah. Uh, but the Eurovision, it's just, I think, we were talking about this, that it would, it should be a festival. But in every in oh, Europe, yeah. it, it, like oh, yeah. Limerick should have Eurovision Festival where you come along, and obviously if you're a Moldovan living in Limerick, you go along to the festival and you represent, and I you have it. a Moldova table, and everybody, yeah. and where, it doesn't matter if your country is in the final or not, but we, you have this festival, yeah. and everyone comes together, and it's just the, yeah. it'd be so class. And Limerick should be a European city anyway, right? I mean, so we're 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 on the edge, you know, um, and there's a kind of a there's a, it's even part of the branding, like we're literally you. European edge, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I think that there's um, there's a uh, there's a way of thinking about this yes. um, that would be great. And I would love that festival and I would go, you know, I would go for all three. Like, oh, like we literally watched the, the ones, the ones <laughs> for the week as well. Like, I mean, I mean, we're fully engaged in the Eurovision process, um, in, I, including I, the voting. So the kids, so each of the kids was allowed one vote. Oh, um, really? And then obviously myself and, and my wife got one. Um, so it was really, really interesting. So we oh, gave, yeah. I think we gave Italy four votes. Mm-hmm. Who did we give the other vote to? Lithuania, in fact. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Swiss guy didn't get a run in because he was useless. But everybody else, everybody else. Yeah. Just remember, people, of the two of us, one of us is a musician. We'll just leave it at that. And, Stephen, one, of us, as... and one of us is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> the people Absolutely. have spoken. The as I said, the as I, said I, I, wasn't, I wasn't part of the cool crowd back in college either. Um <laughs> Stephen, I, we have gone all over the, the top. We didn't talk this. about the feckin' thing at all, oh, we, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it another time. But listen. Will we really, though? Oh, will we, we really? Just <laughs> well, look, actually, very appropriate. We finish on Eurovision, the campusing of the world. And it's June. It's Pride Month. So there you go. We, oh, we finish the show on a, on a subject. Uh, listen, have a good one. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Take care. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsella. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake 78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.